Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols. On this episode, we have not one, but two mini tour players. And you might have to take my word for this, but they are identical twins. Jeremy and Yannick Paul are identical twins that are both at the exact same level in pro golf. That's pretty wild. Also, pardon the audio, Yannick was having some technical difficulties with his microphone. So I hope you learned something from this episode. All of these episodes are available to you so that you can learn the best ways to think on and off the course. And this episode is no exception. As we know, the the things you can learn from golf really can apply in life and vice versa. All right, let's get into the conversation with Jeremy and Yannick Paul. We'll kind of just jump right in and, and we'll, I'll ask you both to introduce um, yourselves and we can start with you, Jeremy, uh, just like name what you've been up to, like how'd you get to here, kind of like quick rundown of your recent history. Yeah, uh, my name is Jeremy Paul. I'm originally from Germany. Um, I came over here to attend university at the University of Colorado in Boulder from 2013 to 2017. And then uh, moved down to Arizona. Um, yeah, I played one season on the Corn Ferry Tour and then the last two seasons on PGA Tour Canada. And um, yeah, that's basically now just chasing my dream. Yeah, very nice, very nice. How about you, Yannick? Pretty much the same thing. So uh, also came over um, to attend college, also went to the University of Colorado. Um, and then uh, I graduated in 2018 uh, after two years I went back to Germany for a year and then came back to Colorado and then um, yeah I finished in 18 and then moved down to uh, Arizona and uh, played on PGA to Canada the last two seasons very nice so um, for those that are just listening um, we I have identical twins that are both playing professional golf um, and, and I, I want to know more about like, I mean, obviously the like sibling rivalry and whatever, but you're, you both seem to be really comparable skill, like very similar, uh, as at least in the swing thought rankings, that was the only place I looked and I know you're both on PGA tour Canada. And, um, so I don't know your recent results there, but, um, maybe Jeremy, you could speak to like, like, are you guys like super similar skill level? Like, does, does one of you think you're better than the other? Like, talk to me about that. No, I think, I mean, based on our, our results, I mean, we basically switch off and forth who plays better at a tournament, um, basically pretty consistently. There's always like a period of time, you know, a couple of weeks where he plays better than a couple of weeks where I play better. So like keep switching off. And I mean, um, I think even in PGA Tour Canada, when we played the whole season there, I mean, we, I think at some point after like 11 tournaments or something, we we're like 34th and 35th in the, in the money list or something like that, you know, so we were very similar. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of nice, you know, because no one's really like ahead and we can kind of feed off each other and like help each other out. And um, there's not really like, I would say a big rivalry. We just, I mean, I'm happy when he plays well, he's happy when I play well. Um, so yeah, um, it's nice to have someone, you know, that you play with and practice with all the time. It's almost better than 
a coach because I mean, a coach usually at our level is not with you all the time. Um, so yeah, we use it as our little competitive edge that we can help each other all the time, you know? And, um, yeah, I know what, uh, what he needs sometimes when he doesn't play well and he can help me out when I don't hit it at my best. So that's yeah, awesome. Yannick, do you, uh, are, do you have any thoughts like, um, no, he's crazy. I'm way better than him. Like, is it, is it like that or what is no, it? Like? No, no, no. Um, he pretty much, uh, explained it pretty well. Um, I mean, you see them, I mean, the results, like, really, like a couple of weeks, I play better than a couple of weeks. He plays better. And it's been like that throughout the, basically our whole life. I mean, even in college, I mean, both our senior year, we're both we're all American. So like really finished, like, I mean, we basically have the identical scoring average and stuff like that. So. And then in Canada, we finished like, I think a 22nd or 28th or something in the ranking. So it's been really, really similar. Um, Jeremy, what, I mean, this is the mental golf show. So obviously that's, that's the theme of what I try to talk about with players, but um, could you give like a, like maybe what you have, like your relation to the mental game, like how much do you think about the mental game? How much does it affect what you do? on a daily basis, that kind of thing. What, like, what are your thoughts about the mental game? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's probably the key role. And if you make it or if you don't make it to the PGA tour, I mean, if you think about it, there's so many like good golfers that come out of college or even like, you know, number one ranked world amateur golf rankers or, um, and the only difference really that is some people make it right away on the PGA tour and some people just take a little longer. I mean, I feel like that's all, um, just based on your mental side, um, how fast can you get used to new situations? Um, how fast are you comfortable on playing, you know, on different levels of tour? Um, cause I mean, basically that's the only reason when you come out to the PGA tour, why it takes some people a little longer, just because you just see them most of the time on TV and stuff. And all of a sudden you play in their events and you'd be like, Whoa, um, you know, do I really fit in here? It sometimes takes a little bit of time to get used to all that. Um, but I think as long as that's why you hear most people that, uh, you know, come new to the PGA to say, oh, I'm just getting more and more comfortable on here um, every week. Cause that's, I think that's just a key aspect knowing that on TV, when you watch it, I mean, all you see is good shots, um, but I mean, most of the time they also hit a lot of bad shots. They don't ever really show them on TV. Um, but uh, yeah, we've, we've, we've played with a lot of good golfers and stuff and um, it's nice to, kind of learn from them and feed on them and see that they actually also hit bad shots. And basically, I mean, all of this is a game of misses because in a round of golf, you're basically only going to hit, you know, five shots at most that are exactly how you wanted to hit them. Um, so, I mean, I think men the mental side in golf is basically the key aspect. If you make it from a really good golfer to a successful PGHO player. And um, yeah, we've been trying to work on that for, yeah, more recently, I would say. So just, you know, um, kind of get better with, you know, getting over bad shots, um, kind of uh, feeling more self-confident, even though you feel very self-confident, but then, you know, um, yeah, getting more comfortable in the uncomfortable, I would say when you have a lead and stuff. And, um, I would say I've been, we've been dealing with it pretty well. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a long process. I mean, it's not that you wake up one day and you feel like, wow, my mental game now is so good. You know, it's something that you have to work on. Um, and I think it's in a lot of, a lot of, um, yeah, golf coaches or programs or whatever. I think that's a, it's a, it's an aspect that not a lot of people, 
Um, yeah, I pay a lot of attention to. I mean, a lot of times now it's just about the swing and stuff and, you know, how does it look on camera and stuff. But, I mean, I think the key aspect you can teach young kids even from an early age is how to become better from a mental aspect, how to become more self-confident in your own game, in your own abilities, and what are the tools that you can use. Well said. Uh, for sure, it's it's a underestimated part and you can see in in some of the best players in the world pga tour top 50 in the world they they take special attention and work with whoever uh specifically on their mental game so it's it's definitely a rising area in in popularity and um just general generally accepted things that that people say this is important to work on it's if not the same importance as the physical game, more important in, in some ways. So especially at that top level, how it's such a fine line between who does better one week and who does worse it, everyone's got the physical ability and even like all the way down through like where you guys are. And then on down below you guys, how, that fine line of why does someone make it or not? And to your point, you said it's mostly because of the mental game. We've all got the physical abilities more or less. So just to, just to touch on something you said, like getting into more meditation, like you guys spend tons of time working on um, like your physical game, working out, putting in, you know, the physical fitness, the physical training, but like, let's pay attention to the, some of the stuff that we, um, like historically haven't paid attention to and like this is important so like let's let's pay attention to the mental side of it um so uh jeremy what you you mentioned like working on your mental game and and yannick mentioned meditation i mean is there anything else that you would say like this is something that we we bring into our daily lives. This is an actual mental game improvement, like technique. I mean, do you have anything like that? Um, I think, I mean, my brother tried to kind of talk about it a little bit. I mean, we try, we started doing like this morning routine basically where, um, yeah, you basically give yourself, I mean, a lot of golfers know this, you know, they, before they round, they go to the gym or something, warm up their body. Um, but I think we also wanted to do something to kind of get your mind set in the right shape for the, for the day. And um, yeah, every time before we turn play a tournament or even go practice, um, we every morning get up a bit earlier and um, we do like a 15 to 10 to 15 minute meditation, guided meditation. Um, and then we usually set aside and read about for like 15 to 20 minutes from like book or different types of books um um yeah kind of how to enhance your mental ability i mean there's all kinds of books out these days um, and just basically get in the right mindset for the day set yourself up for having a good day because um you know a lot of times it's it is how about how how you feel about yourself that day and just try to be more consistent with you know not be like oh today you know i feel good but rather make something happen so that you always have somewhat of the same mindset because you can put yourself a little bit in it if you do meditation and stuff consistently and just try to be you know somewhat on a consistent level um with your mind and yeah we've been doing that now for 
I would say about like half a year, year. and um, we definitely have noticed a big difference. Um, you just don't really, you know, get upset as much anymore. You kind of take it more steady and kind of notice that, um, yeah, the only thing that you can really control is your attitude and how your mindset is and, you know, all the other, th- I mean, basically everything just happens kind of in your unconscious mind and how you can control it a little bit with different breathing techniques and, and so on. So, yeah, we've been working on it for quite some time and actually, yeah, we have noticed a difference and um, it also made a big difference in our game. Hmm. Very good. Uh, Yannick, do you have maybe some more specifics about the uh, meditation or its kind of benefits on you personally? Yeah, um, I don't know. I've, I've been trying like, you know, different kind of styles. Um, at the beginning, I did more, you know, guided meditations. Um, and then recently, I've tried to do more, you know, meditations where it's just, you know, some, some music or some, some little calming kind of sounds to it and try to focus more on my breathing. Because I realized at the beginning, when you do the guided meditations, it's, um, it's easier to stay in the moment, but when you do, you know, non-guided meditations, it's easy to kind of drift off. Uh, but obviously, I've, I've, I'm trying to train my brain to, you know, don't drift off even if I don't have guided meditation. Um, so, so I've been experimenting. Um, I'm not 100% like I'm kind of going back and forth, uh, doing kind of a mix of it. And um, yeah, so I don't know, maybe in a year or so, I have more information on that. Sure, sure. So have you noticed like uh, it translating onto the golf course? Like I've noticed better focus. I've noticed better acceptance, anything like that, Yannick? Uh, yeah, yeah. And especially that what I realized is that um, like on the golf course, I'm trying to stay more in the moment instead of kind of, um, you know, thinking about the future or thinking about the past and what happened you know, on the prior hole or, you know, um, Oh, I have like five holes left. I got a 32 of them. I feel like with the meditation, it kind of helped me to realize when those moments come. You know, it's normal to you know, have those, you know, thoughts. But what it, I feel like what the meditation helps with is that you can like catch yourself in that moment. And it's like, okay, like, let's focus on breathing again to get back into that, you know, state of mind that you like, I got to stay in the present. And I think that really helped me. Yeah. For sure. Staying in the present. I, I don't think there's anything more important in the game of golf, especially competitively and even casually of focusing on the next shot only. And like, if there's nothing more important than that. So whatever you do that can help you do that better is a helpful thing. And anything that distracts you from focusing on the, the next shot you're going to hit only is probably something you need to remove and work on so yeah so if meditation is something that's that helps you block out past and future and say it's just this shot that's i mean that's super valuable so so you guys have been doing that for about a year uh, half a year to a year that's awesome um so uh i'll throw back to you jeremy uh what would you like what advice would you give say I mean, you guys were junior players at one point, like players that uh, in America, I guess, I don't know what it would be called in Germany, but a player that prior to college is a junior player. Um, 
what advice would you give to a player that's kind of a uh, in that 14 to 18 range like this is what you need to do this is focus on this this was the most important thing for me to get into college and then to get to where I am now like do you have a an idea of what that might be yeah I think most importantly I feel like when I see juniors and stuff on the golf course they don't really have like a plan of what they do on the golf course um I think it's a key aspect, even if it's just before you sit in the car on the way to the golfers or something, make yourself a plan. What do you want to achieve for that day? Um, even if you just have an hour, two hours, whatever, um, you know, make good use of your time. Um, I think that's, that's a key aspect. Cause I mean, especially when you have work in a group setting or something like that, you can still set yourself a goal for the day or for that specific training session, what you want to achieve. And if, if you just do that for a while, I mean, you will see how much that will compound and you will actually get more out of your practice. And I think, especially in younger age, um, a, a key aspect to beating a lot of your, you know, same age uh, competitors is if you just have a good core strategy. Um, we, yeah, we've been work or we've been using like the decade system for, for a while now. And I mean, that is, I think in my eyes, a really key aspect on, you know, eliminating the mistakes, um, playing aggressive, but smart. And especially at a young age, um, you, even if you have some other players or competitors that you think might be better than you, um, if you have a good course strategy, you'll probably be able to beat them 90% of the time. Just, um, and I mean, uh, a lot of times to get into good college programs, I mean, all what they look for is that you know, you have the ability to become a really good player. And I think if you're already ahead in that sense, in, in core strategy, which is somewhat, you don't really have to change your game a whole lot. You just have to basically learn on how to play smarter. And, you, and if, especially if you do that at a young age, where a lot of people still make a lot of mistakes, um, you will see how much you will improve and um, yeah, how much, how oftentimes you will beat your, your competitors. Uh, just by not where you come off the course and you feel like, wow, I didn't play that good today, but I managed to post a solid round instead of, you know, a lot of times when you kind of come off the course and feel like, damn, I played really well today, but I didn't get the score out of it that I, I should have. And um, I think that is a key aspect. And I think that's a lot of things that don't, you know, that's stuff that doesn't get taught really um, from coaches a lot of times, especially to young kids. And I think that the sooner you learn it, um, the better you'll get at it and you will see how much it has a big impact on your game. So Yannick, uh, Jeremy mentioned a plan as, you know, a plan for your practice, a plan for your day and course strategy as major components of um, building your game as a junior player, preparing your game to be one of the best in your area and getting into college and, and maybe turning pro do you have some advice to to younger players, teenagers of this is what I would work on if if I could go back then or this is what I suggest you work on uh, anything like that specifically to that kind of 14 to 18 range? Yeah, so um, another point that we learned throughout the last couple of years is that I mean, when we look back at our practice, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago or when you watch other young guys, I mean, a lot of times they'd stand on the range with their seven iron and just, you know, hit ball after ball. But I mean, 
hitting a seven iron instead of you know 40 feet to 35 feet it's not really going to lower your scoring average it's more about you got to hit way more drivers um the drivers you know one of the important props most important props and then it's wedges you know you gotta basically what we are trying to do now is 70 to 80 percent of the time you know, 70 to 80 percent of you know the time we spend on the range we do wedges and driver like we rarely hit you know, eight iron to four iron because I mean, if you, you know, it's not going to really help you lower the scoring average, but if you hit, you know, your 56 degree instead of on average 15 feet, you're going to hit it to 10 feet, you're going to make a bunch of more birdies and you're going to lower your scoring average. So definitely a lot what Jeremy said. And then in addition to that, just, you know, focus more on the, you know, the most important aspects of how to lower your scoring average. And that's wedges and that's driving. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and I think that kind of goes into the plan a little bit that Jeremy said of, instead of just showing up and saying, I want to hit, like, I feel like I'm bad with my X club. You know, I feel like I'm bad from 175 yards. So I'm just going to do that for an hour. And I'm going to film my swing and like, you get caught up doing the same thing over and over. And Instead, you could have an actual plan to say, this is what has the biggest effect on my scoring average. This, this is what has the biggest effect on how I play and how I finish well in tournaments. So that's what I'm going to spend my time doing. Uh, so being intentional with what you do when you go to practice is for sure something that uh, junior players struggle with. Uh, the players that I've worked with, they just kind of don't really have a concept of how should I spend my time. So very well said from a couple of professional golfers, be more intentional with your time. Um, so kind of changing from the past uh, advice to people in the past to like you guys, personal future, Jeremy, do you have like, uh, I mean, obviously your goals are probably playing the PGA tour, that kind of thing what do you think you particularly need to do better to get there? Uh, Cause you know, if you were already great at everything, you would already be there. So what do you think you need to do better to make it to that top level? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, mostly the key aspect is just being um, yeah, more comfortable and especially like, I know I've, I've won on basically all levels that I've played on, like on the lower levels so far. And just taking that into like the higher levels when, you know, get to a corn fair or PGA tour or whatever it is. And taking that same belief that here, when I tee up at tournaments, I feel like, okay, if I play decent, I'm going to win this tournament, you know, or at least I'll have a good chance of winning a tournament to win a tournament. You always need to have things go your way. Um, but just to be in contention, if you play decent, you always usually should have a look at it um, or have a chance to win a tournament if you play well. And taking that same belief when you play tournaments on, you know, higher level tours. Cause I mean, a lot of times when you, you know, when you play against the cut or think, Oh, I'm gonna try to make the cut. Then most of the time you're going to find yourself around the cut line rather than when you try to play or for the win, most of the time you're going to be more closer to the top of the leaderboard. It's just a different mindset. And I think that's, I just want to get better and having that mindset when I get to tournaments that are on higher levels that I have the same mindset I have on, you know, these mini tour tournaments or whatever it is. And if I'm able to do that, I think it will just be a matter of time until I get to the PGA tour. 
Um, but I think that's the key aspect of just, you know, implementing the same mindset and then you will just find yourself, you know, you will notice that you're not playing much different, but with a different mindset, you will find yourself closer to the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, this that's a great uh, endorsement for the importance of the mental game right there. Uh, Yannick, do you like... I know you guys are identical twins. So a lot of the things you guys have said have mirrored each other in that way. But do you, do you have anything specifically for you that says, I know I need to get better at this. So this is what will take me to that top level. This is what will um, actually help me break through and be a consistently, you know, kind of best in the world type of player. I mean, I think we both have the game. I mean, we play with a bunch of one Perry and two Jato guys and stuff like that. And I mean, there's not really no difference. So um, if someone would be watching, they wouldn't say, okay, oh, those guys are on one Perry, those guys are on two Jato Canada. Like, the difference is there isn't really a difference. It's more about what Jeremy, you know, touch base on. It's more about feeling comfortable when you get to those tours and, uh, you know, making, you know, using your chances then when, when you get it. So, because um, I mean, even in those miniature events, I mean, a lot of times they play, there are other guys that, you know, play up corn fairy and stuff like that, and we beat them there. What's the reason that we can't beat them when we actually play on the corn fairy? So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. And I mean, if you, if you can continue to put yourself in those positions and, and, and know and show up with that confidence that, I have the game. Um, why can't I, you know, instead of like, why haven't I, it's why can't I? And, um, and, and a little mental shift can, can go a long way along with the meditation and the staying present and the blocking the past and the future. Um, all, all great things. I have a, I have a good example. I have another good example. So, uh, in 2015, 16, we, I got an invite as an amateur to play in a European Tour event, and uh, I missed the cut. But I, felt, I felt like my game was, you know, was in a good spot. And then, so that was Thursday, Friday, and then after Friday, I missed the cut. Drove home, and then I played a tournament on Sunday, and I shot a course record minus eight. I mean, just like in a tournament that didn't really matter, all of a sudden, you know, my game in two days didn't really change much. But it was more like. I wasn't really ready or comfortable on the European team yet. I felt like everything was, you know, you kind of watch other guys and kind of you, you kind of out, out of your comfort zone. And uh, then you kind of make, you know, mental errors and stuff like that. And then you go to a familiar place and all of a sudden you shoot a course record. And it's, you know, that kind of shows how important, you know, the mental aspect is. And that's what I've learned, you know, throughout the years. I mean, that's why it was a really valuable experience. Um, kind of, you know, sit back afterwards. It's like, hey, why can't I do it here? And why can't I do it there? And then that all comes down, you know, to. Yeah, it it really does. When when the game stays the same, your game doesn't change that much in, like you said, two or three days. But the mental game is what changed in that scenario, and you played way better by score-wise. Um, so that's, if anyone out there listening, the reason why your game can be way up sometimes and way down sometimes that's one for one that's just kind of golf and how the way golf goes but in a lot of ways it it might relate to the mentality you showed up with on that day and the mentality that um that you had during the round after bad shots after good shots uh it 
it has to be a factor. So you might as well work on it and get better at it. And we're learning some great ways to do that. Um, so if let's say one of you does really well going forward and the other struggles, is that, are you gonna, is one of you gonna, you know, root the other on and get gonna caddy? Like, how does that go? Like what happens if one guy really excels and the other guy kind of slows down? Do you see that happening or what? Uh, I mean, we don't really see that happening. I mean, obviously Good. we're so close that we feel like, um, it's obviously difficult to do all the steps at the same time, but I think that, um, you know, if we both pursue on the same path, then we will eventually both be on a high level tour playing successful golf. Um, so we haven't really thought about any of the other scenarios. We always joke around. Good. We basically just need one of us to get the PGA to and we'll both play on the PGA to, you know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's obviously a joke, but I'm You're saying right. like, um, it's just a, um, yeah, so we haven't really thought about any, you know, other scenarios. I mean, if we would think about other scenarios, then at this point you should probably pursue something else just because if you don't believe, you know, I mean, if you have some doubt in your mind or something like that, it's really tough to become successful at this, you know, individual-driven mental game. Um, you basically, I mean, if you see the top players, they almost have such high-level confidence that people from the outside would be like, wow, they're arrogant or they're so cocky or something, you know what I mean? But you almost, I mean, I think McElroy or someone said that you almost need to have like a stupid belief in yourself um, in order to play successful because it's basically, I mean, you on the golf course for five hours, you get beaten down all the time because things usually don't go the way exactly how you plan them. Um, so, and not letting that affect your confidence is just a key aspect in order for that to happen, you just need to have such a high level of confidence. Um, you know, that little scratches don't really screw up that whole thinking process. Um, so I think that's a key aspect. That's why, I mean, if you think about, you know, oh, I'm just doing this now for a couple of years and then I have to do something else, you know, then it's tough to really excel in what you're doing. I mean, it's basically the same in any other job. If you don't believe in yourself, it's tough to really, you know, excel. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yannick, you got any kind of parting thoughts as we uh, wrap it up? Um, I mean, basically just Jeremy and I have pretty similar thoughts. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would just, you know, have a good intent when you go into the golf course. Uh, so you practice, you, you use your time that you have on the golf course wisely. And then just think about how much time you spend on the golf course and how little time most people spend on their mental side. Uh, so maybe instead of, you know, staying on the range for three hours, it's more helpful to, you know, spend one and a half, two hours on the range with a good intent and then spend the other hour, you know, doing stuff for your mind, doing meditation, doing, you know, establishing a good routine and stuff like that. So uh, if you have that, then you get a full package. And then when you get, you know, outside your comfort zone, and you can probably handle those situations better than in the future. That's great advice. Uh, be intentional, have a plan, spend your time wisely, um, actually value the mental game as high as you would say that it was important to your score. So um, great, great stuff. And uh, I, I like the idea of if one of you make it, you can uh, to the PGA tour and the other doesn't, we won't know who's playing. So you could, <laughs> I love that. Like, hey man, I'm struggling. Can you come in? I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> All 
All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this is awesome. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Uh, it's a real pleasure to me. Yeah, thank you, Josh. Thanks. Appreciate it for taking us on. Absolutely. All right, Yannick. We'll see you guys. See you, Jeremy. See ya. All right. See ya. All right, everyone. Hope you learned something from this episode. I know I needed the reminder from these guys about the value of meditation and the real benefits meditation can have on your game and more importantly, your life. Taking that time to intentionally work on your focus is, I mean, invaluable. I, I know I've done it in my life. Um, I have gone on uh, sessions or, or spans uh, of, of meditation, of daily doing that exercise, and I know the value. I've felt the value, and it's not something I'm doing currently, but it's it, th- what a great reminder, and I very well may get back into that. Um, if you want a visualization routine to start your habit of doing this more regularly, I made a six-minute audio of visualizing the actions of before, during, and after an actual round of golf uh, I'll link that visual visualization practice uh, in the show notes. It's a it's an awesome little thing that um, I made, and I actually think it's good, uh, which is rare that I think something I did is pretty good. So I'll link that in the show notes below. Um, all right, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening, uh, and. I want to highlight some reviews in the coming episodes just to express my gratitude for those that have listened and reviewed so far. I mean, that that means the most to me that you would go out of your way to leave a nice review, let alone a review on the for this podcast, for the Mental Golf Show. It just means awesome, uh, everything. It just means everything. Um, so S. Ruth 17 left a review and said, this podcast has helped me improve my game tremendously. I haven't listened to it for very for a very long time, but in the short amount of time I have, it has helped me improve my score by 10 plus shots. Wow, that's really amazing. The way he can put thoughts into words, that's really flattering. Uh, the way he can put thoughts into words is truly amazing, and it is so easy to understand. I plan on listening to these podcasts in the future. I'm sure S. Ruth 17 is referring to someone else. <laughs> so yeah, that's super flattering. Thank you, S. Ruth 17. I hope you will also leave the Mental Golf Show a review, and I might highlight yours on a future episode. All right, thanks for listening to the Mental Golf Show. I'm Josh Nichols. Catch you next time. <laughs>